You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. Hi, and welcome to episode 53 of PimTalk. And this will be the last show uh, before summer vacation and also the second show that was recorded live uh, on YouTube. And we're going to continue that after the summer break as well. And in this episode, we are looking at the best of breed systems within the marketing stack. And I'm joined by no other than Roy Eriksson, uh, in River Champion uh, from Concede, PIM expert there. And uh, yeah. Let's start the talk. So uh, welcome, Roy. Thank you, Thomas. And, at um, last. At, at last. Yeah, I was about to say something about that. We've known each other for, uh, for a couple of years now, and uh, we've talked a long time to, about me joining Beam Talk, and finally we're here. So it's really nice. Finally, on one of the best summer days so far here in Sweden, and uh, I think... A lot of people are soon heading to the beach. I know actually I am right after this um, this recording, so that's going to be nice. But today uh, we're going to dive down in the topic of best of breed system architecture for marketing and product information. And I know that you have a lot of good uh, things to share about that. But first, I would like you to tell us a little bit more about you. Who is Roy Eriksson? Absolutely. And uh, as you can see on, the, on uh, the screen and for you listening, I'm the PIM Business Development Manager at a company called Consid. And uh, we're one of Sweden's fastest growing IT consultant companies. And uh, we're also an InRiver Platinum partner, which is you know really nice to be. And uh, we work with PIM customers of, of all sizes and all industries, not only in Sweden where we're based, but internationally as well. So, um, and, and my role at Concert is really to support our teams and customers and grow our PIM business and uh, uh, work with sales and marketing. And that's partly why I'm here at PIM Talk now. And uh, so I really see and hear a lot. And uh, being a champion as well, like like you mentioned, it's a title that I'm really honored to have and I'm really proud of. So uh, may, maybe you, Thomas, can make it, give it more justice in uh, telling the people what uh, the champion team is all about. Yes. So uh, 
maybe you've heard about MVPs or so for some other different companies. At InRiver, we have InRiver champions, and, and they are selected individuals uh, within our partner community around the world. And currently, I don't know exactly, we are like 12 or 13 individuals around the world that has proven good knowledge about InRiver, has participated in, in many implementations, also, one thing that is important and where I, I know that you, Roy, has been sort of a um, very good example on is to be engaged in the River community, sharing your knowledge in blog posts, in the forums, and uh, in the events, and, and so on. So that is also a very important part. Uh, it's not just about knowledge, it's about sharing as well. So, um, yeah. Absolutely, you you have to do what your what your strengths are, and uh, one of mine, uh, as I've kind of figured out, is trying to get the community engaged and sharing what I know. And uh, the latest project there is uh, getting some some code repositories together so that we can start to share code with each other. Yeah, I mean, we we say best of breed, like it's you know everyone knows what it is, but what what do we mean when we say best of breed? So talking about a best of breed system in this case, it would be a system that is very good at something compared to a system that is good at a lot of things uh, that, that may not be the best of breed for that type of uh, situation or solution. And talking about the, the topic best of breed system architecture in all, overall, it's about creating effective workflows and processes uh, between the systems and uh, setting up something that works for your company and your business. And uh, where each system is is meant to handle a specific type of data. So that's really what, what the best of breed, uh, both as a system and, and as an architecture um, uh, philosophy is about. All right. So... You mentioned it already a little bit, but I mean, if you don't have this approach, uh, w what kind of challenges do you face then if, if you haven't these specialized systems? Uh, yeah, it, it's very similar to, to the data management challenges we see and uh, part of the reasons why you, you need a PIM, uh, which is highly relevant here. And it comes down to a lack of structure and data quality. You want to make sure that, it, that you have good structure and data quality. Uh, you may have ineffective workflows and processes for how to handle the data with lots of uh, manual copying and pasting. And uh, you, you know, you're wasting time creating data in multiple places. You want to get away from that. Uh, you could also lack ways of distributing and consuming the data, not just between systems, but between people as well. I, I hear and see a lot of cases where you have uh, very high walls between the departments and people don't talk to each other. And what tends to happen there is that you have uh, people working in one department. They don't know that data exists uh, in another system or place. So they start to gather whatever data and scraps they can find. And what ends up happening is that you're building these islands of data that is bound to be incorrect at one time because they're not updated uh, periodically using integrations and, and the like. Okay. Uh, and that's definitely not something that, that's uh, optimal to do. Yeah. Within the space of product information and marketing and product marketing. So what kind of systems do we find sort of within this domain? 
So yeah, so for today, I thought that we shouldn't really talk about channels uh, here. We talk about that a lot, and it's uh, really nice to do. But today, I want to focus the topic on on more of the internal systems and how to get the data and effectively work with it. And the first system would be obviously the PIM, which uh, I guess everyone knows about. And if you don't, uh, go to the Indiver website or maybe listen to the first PIM talk episode and then come back here, of course. Um, so with that said, uh, maybe the next system would be looking at an ERP where uh, you would generally store all the different item numbers and references overall, your GTIN numbers, your EAN, um, you could store different uh, PBUs and the brands and the markets. And, and generally in the ERP, you only store items and not products. But it's for and transactional data, right? Price and stock and uh, all of those absolutely. kind of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, maybe it's good to clarify that because the when we're talking about, about the PIM, we're talking about the product. But really what the customer is buying isn't the product, it's the item or, or the SKU as it's sometimes referred to. Uh, and, and so... You have items in the ERP mostly, uh, maybe not the products, and uh, also some basic data. You could have a, a name. Usually it's an internal name. It may not be something that you can show to the customers or want to show. It may not be that friendly for them. Uh, often you have character limitations in the ERP for, for text, for example. And you can also have some basic technical data such as dimensions and weights and, and so on uh, that, that already exists in the ERP that may hopefully is, is good quality data. Yeah. Um, and an ERP is typically a system that most companies already have, right? Otherwise, it's hard to sell your products and do invoicing or whatever you... Absolutely. It's it's very vital for a company to have an ERP unless you're a really small company and do all of that manually. But even then, you you should probably have an ERP system. So usually, if you have one system, right, it's, it's probably the ERP that you have. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. Um, absolutely. And... Uh, Sort of tied to that or an extension to it uh, would be the, the MDM system or master data management. Uh, it's a lot of three-letter systems today. Uh, and it's very similar to the ERP in the types of data that is stored into it. But sometimes it can be extended to store more or different types of data than the ERP. And because it's similar, uh, some companies may not know why they should have an MDM system compared to an ERP. And uh, it's usually if, if maybe you're a large company and you have multiple ERPs split up into several regions, uh, you have some systems that are not uh, up to date, systems that aren't talking with each other, and you want some sort of way to, to globally gather all the data and have one source where you can trust information and have everything gathered uh, as a sort of like a, a magic book of uh, all your items. That would be the, the MDM in this case. Uh, it could also be companies that have a huge amount of items and they want some way to, to structure it. Maybe their ERP system isn't built to handle that type of data or uh, their ERP system, they want to clean the data so they get a, a different system because working in the ERP doing massive cleanings may in turn cause issues with uh, the systems that is connected to it. So that, that's part of maybe a reason why you could have an MDM in your setup. Yeah, and, and also it might be so that within your company group, you have multiple ERPs of different types and you need a way sort of to harmonize and normalize the information to be used by other systems within the company. Absolutely. Um, 
Another type of system would be the Product Lifecycle Management, PLM, or PDM, Product Data Management, um, or, or a similar system. They tend to be more focused on, uh, on uh, supporting the R&D, product design, and manufacturing departments, but they can contain uh, some very nice information that's relevant to have in the PIM, such as technical uh, data and lifecycle statuses and so on. And sometimes if you are sort of purchase um, product as well uh, i don't know does, is this also related to if if you have a big purchasing operation as well maybe, maybe if it's a lot of sourcing if you're a manufacturer and you source a lot of materials that that comes into place yeah absolutely that it's it's part of building up the um, uh, the boom structure which is all the components that your product in turn contains so yeah then it's definitely relevant. Yeah. Um, and the last type of system that, that I thought we should take up here would be the digital asset management or DAM systems. And uh, it's for PIM for product information, the DAM would be the same for documents and images and really all types of files. So all types of files, not just the ones that are uh, connected to products or relevant for products, but really any type of file within your organization. So if you find yourself that you have lots of uh, network drives and shared storages and SharePoint or maybe multiple uh, of the same, uh, you don't really know where all the files are, what you have, uh, then look into a DAM solution because it helps you structure up uh, and tag everything so that you know what you have. You can uh, secure it with access rights and so on. So it's it could be really good to have. Um, and I feel it's it's only fair to mention that the PIM can, of course, store images and documents in, in a lot of cases. That's absolutely fine. It's it's good enough. But some companies have more advanced needs when it comes to uh, to storing uh, super large files. Uh, you could have uh, videos, you could have uh, BIM objects and so on. Uh, and that, that is good to store in a DAM system and um, cropping of images can sometimes be be very advanced to consider and DAM system is built to handle that. So it, it comes down to to the best of breed philosophy of what system is built to handle what type of data. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a lot of processes around creating media and collaborating uh, around the creation of media, a DAM is um, typically uh, built to support those kind of processes as well. And and also one thing to mention when we talk about these different systems, uh, sometimes uh, we used to talk about them in, in sort of different levels of product storytelling. When we start with sort of the, the no story level where we have the ERP, the MDM, sort of the PLM as well, where there's more raw, raw data. And then if you go up to the marketing level, then you have systems like the PIM and the DAM that are, you know, managing uh, the assets, building more information around the products. And then in the next layer, we have sort of the presentation layer where we have things like e-commerce and, and CMS um, for, for websites and so on. And, and yeah, and all of these systems are in different levels of the um, the storytelling and uh, and have sort of different purposes yeah and in order to be successful you you really should connect all those systems that that need the data you should you should strive to have one system being the master of one type of data uh, it could be the dam is the master for all images good then that's your philosophy and stick to that if you have it uh, and of course if it's stored in the dam system and managed there then the pim want the images should have an integration to that because you, you don't want to um, 
to have someone manually copying and pasting data, it introduces a lot of wasted hours and a lot of uh, um, a lot of potential errors. And it's really not fast. <laughs> it it doesn't really promote a fast time to market either. So so striving on really having one system being the master for one type of data is really nice. And what does that mean? I mean, when we say uh, that when we say that the system is master of a kind of data, what uh, in layman term, what uh... say that uh, say that you have um, you have your items, of course, in your ERP system. And instead of having someone copying and pasting and creating that item in the uh, in the PIM system, maybe you can integrate the two systems so that the items are automatically created for you in the PIM system. And that in turn triggers uh, to the users in the PIM system that now there is something you can work with. Mm. So then you've integrated two systems. You know that the data you get from the ERP system you're getting for free uh, in the PIM system. And hopefully you can trust the data as well. And you've triggered an effective workflow in the PIM with integration that that the PIM people can get to work on that data. But you take a look at your data and you see, oh, all right, here we have something that we we need to manage. Where do we change or where do we create this information? And then make sure that you do that in one place and that you know everyone knows where that is, but that you can sort of make use of that data in all the other places that you want. But you don't want there to be any conflicts or so, so you need to have a good... Absolutely. And and it can be a, a challenge to know what is right for your company because uh, you, of course, uh, take two companies in the same industry, same business size. They often have different systems because they purchased the system from different suppliers. They have different organizations and processes. Their data is different because the products are different. So, of course, they're not going to have the same setup as, as another company. So, in order to know what's right for you, I, I like to, to create a data map, which is uh, take a white paper document, uh, look at all the users that are working in uh, your organization and the roles that they have. Uh, where are the product managers working? Which people do you have in the marketing, uh, how are the um, uh, photographies managed and uh, who produces the text. And when you start to get that down, you start to see uh, where the systems and data intersects and what sort of system would be best suited based on the data that you have and also Mm. the requirements and or demands on that data. Uh, storing marketing text in an ERP, for example, uh, might not be optimal. You can have character limitations. You can have uh, uh, maybe you can't have line breaks. And and uh, just a simple fact that if you're creating a marketing text in an ERP system, you may not have access to information that is relevant when producing that text that you would have in the PIM system. Yeah. So uh, and and of course it. It can differ based on the company, so you should really uh, sit down and take a look at your process, your organization, and how you work today, and uh, get everyone on board uh, in in that process as well, and not just looking at at one uh, business unit or or a department. Yeah, and and here I think it's good. I mean, us as a company at Inriver, we have this best of breed mentality, and we want to build the best team possible so we we are a software vendor and we focus on pim but what i think is great is that we have this partner community and you are one of our our largest implementation partners that are helping companies not only with pim but also with the whole ecosystem of other systems that they need both for their marketing but also for other information and technology needs so i think it's good here i mean if you have these challenges or want to sort of explore 
uh, how you can take steps further in your digital world. I think it's great to have someone from the outside that can take a look at your situation, the systems that you work, the roles, the processes, and so on. And, and then you might have some combination of this. Yeah, and it's very easy to, to only um, look one step ahead. You, you see where you are and what challenge you, ha you have, and you, and you solve that challenge by modifying a system, and then you solve the next challenge by modifying a system, and then you do the same thing over and over again. And what you could end up with is that you, that you invest in, uh, in modifying the wrong system. And it could be a high maintenance uh, cost to to maintain that. It couldn't be. Uh, it could be hard to scale. You still may not achieve the goal that you set out to actually solve because you're not thinking long term. So so really looking at it long term, how are you managing the data? Uh, and an important fact here is that uh, don't just look at supplying the PIM with data look at it in the other way around in having the rest of your systems your erp your plm your uh, um, your dam system and, and maybe you have a sales tool and the salespeople don't have access to the product information that you're showing the customers today but they really should because if the salespeople or support um, don't have access to what the customer actually have bought they have their own technical manuals and so on they're not speaking the same language they don't know uh, what what the customer is expecting from it and what they thought that they have bought you're listening to pim talk the product marketing podcast and after this short break we're going to continue talk to roy erikson about best of breed system architecture for marketing and product information PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So I think we see all the time new startups and and especially I would say in the the martech um when it comes to marketing um online sales um all kinds of different systems and, and it seems like there is just more and more different kinds of systems and categories that gets invented and why do you think that is why why does it seems to be more these um cutting edge systems and, and not these big systems that can do everything. Why, why do we see that, do you think? Yeah, I think it comes down a lot to that. Today, data is more important than ever, and we have a lot more data than we've ever had before. And when I say a lot more data, I'm not just talking about the quantity, I'm talking about the different types of data. Mm. Uh, we have uh, videos, that uh, product videos that we didn't really have before. Before it was your videos were an advertising on TV or stuff like that. Uh, we have super high resolution images. We have BIM objects. We have relationships between products that we need to have to be able to market them appropriately. Uh, and, and all sorts of new 
new types of data that simply didn't exist 10, 15 uh, years ago. And that, I think, has led to um, to an increased demand for specialized systems that is uh, easy to buy, solves your uh, uh, challenge and uh, the different sizes of companies as well. You, you can, of course, buy uh, an all-in-one platform but they tend to be very expensive and require a certain type of uh, organization. And not all organizations uh, have that type of budget and, and um, uh, want to limit themselves in terms of flexibility and, and speed of time to market. They want to be able to have this multi-system setup of best-of-breed architecture where they can take one system and replace it if it doesn't fit their organization uh, anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I think for a lot of companies, that, that's the way to go. And that's why we have so many systems today than we used to have. And it's so much easier also to adopt one of these specialized systems because generally now these are SaaS uh, services that you don't need any uh, installment or so. You can si sign up on a website and and maybe you sort of connect to to some service and uh, uh, and so on. You can get it directly maybe with your SSO uh, domain login and, and everything. So it's so much easier to connect to a new service and connect that service to your, your other systems. Yeah, and, and when it, now we've talked about uh, have an integration between all the systems more or less. Uh, and uh, for some companies, th there is um, a type of system called Enterprise Application Integration or EAI, yeah. uh, such as BizTalk and there's a lot of them out there. But basically what it is, it's a hub system where you instead of integrate between the ERP and PIM and back again and DAM and so on, all the systems integrate with this hub system instead and that hub system is then uh, responsible for distributing the data and gathering the data and that can be really helpful for some organizations when it comes to um, just aggregating all the data in one place and then more easily distribute it to uh, certain systems. What is the best hub system today then in your mind? Ooh, there, um, well I don't really want to answer that, Thomas, and I don't <laughs> okay. really know that many of them. I uh, okay because there really are many of them. You mentioned the Mar Martech stack before, and just look at the map. We're up to thousands of systems now. So okay, that's fine. That's fine. So, do you see other sort of trends in the market in relation to what we have talked about so far? Yeah, one trend I've noticed that's quite interesting is that uh, we have very large companies today that uh, that may have a global MDM or, or even a PIM solution. And um, their local markets and regions are looking into getting a separate PIM just to target their local market or markets. And I find that's really interesting because you, like we mentioned before, there are these all-in-one solutions and systems out there. But for some large companies, they want the flexibility and time to market and uh, the way to to approach their market specifically. And they can't really get that if you have uh, an, um, the, the main company uh, having a global PIM system because all markets aren't really the same and, and you shouldn't really forget that. Uh, there may be some slight changes that you need to have. Uh, and uh, as I mentioned before, you, all the different local sales offices, they may not talk with each other. They may not understand uh, how their markets work. So uh, you shouldn't be afraid if you're a big company to to look into a separate PIM system. And like you mentioned, a lot of them are SaaS solutions. It's very easy to get started with it and, and see if it's something that you like or not. Hmm. 
I, I can take one question from the chat here. Uh, Roy, do you have a good example of a project where you have taken a total mess and made it well structured? So feel free to. <laughs> we do. Uh, we do over time. Uh, we've um, basically what we did for them is that they had a PIM system only and uh, they had no integration with their EOP so we set that up and uh, they now uh, get automatically created items uh, we send back uh, the, the product connection to the um, uh, to the ERP as well so that they can use it for uh, tracking statistics and so on and, and analytics in the ERP uh, we got the madame system because they had a mess when it came to product documentation not only for uh, for the product itself and, and the product information but internally as well and we connected a dam system and now they have um, they've structured up all the data that they have and uh, they're ready to take the next step in using that investment into furthering instead of just um, trying to live in that mess they can actually start to get some more value out of the data that they have and the data is really an investment and not not all companies um, take it as seriously as i think that they should so, and if you have a boss out there that uh, don't really know the importance of product information, go talk to them about it because your product information is really a promise to your customer. That it's a promise to your customer that uh, they are buying what they are seeing. Because today, a lot of in customers know more than the salespeople uh, if they walk into a store, for example. So don't break the promise because it's going to hurt your brand. It's going to you're going to get more returns as well if you're an e-commerce uh, business. So just take your product information seriously. And product information is really data from multiple different systems gathered into one place, put into a context, and, and turned into product information. So uh, yeah, get and get everyone involved in what product information you have and what data you have in your organization, and start to use it to full effect. Because the more it's used, the more value it has. We have a question here from uh, Anne Marie. Uh, hi there. How much should you adapt your business to fit the systems and vice versa? Uh, I, I like to think that if you have an organization that you feel is working and effective, you should really modify the systems more than you modify the people. Because people are a lot harder to change their patterns and businesses are quite slow to change. And if it's something that's working, why, why fix it if it isn't broken? Sounds fine. So I think we have reached sort of the end of the show. Uh, thank you very much, Roy, for for um, for being here. And and also, if someone wants to, you know, find you online or reach out to you, where can they find you? Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, if you can't find me on LinkedIn, you can visit uh, my website or more of a digital um, uh, contact card, RoyEriksson.se, because I'm Swedish. All right. So that's a good place to to start. Cool. I also have thomasfuber.se. <laughs> Good to know. There are quite many Thomas Hubers out there, both famous authors and and football players. But I guess I'm the early adopter in the bunch. So, yeah. Anyway, it was great seeing you uh, again, Roy. Talking to you, and um, I'll see you around and have a great summer. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, Thomas. Yeah, take care. Right, so it's time for the community corner here, and I'm joined by Nikki, our community manager. So, how are you today? Hi, Thomas. So, this week, my community tip is to check out the community connect challenge 
during COVID-19, I think we have all been very isolated. We haven't really been able to meet our friends and family face to face. And neither has the PIM community been able to meet physically on events such as Pinpoint. So to, as a reaction to this, we have created a fun community connect uh, challenge so that we can meet and get to know the people in our PIM community uh, through short videos. Okay, cool. And uh, where could we find those more exactly? You find it in the community where it says meet our PIM community and click there and you can find it there. And I've seen that you've already been challenged, Thomas, and shared your video. Great, super. So thank you so much, uh, Nikki, and uh, have a great day. Thank you, Thomas. I hope you will have a great summer. And right now there is no physical events planned, but there are some webinars that you could attend to on July 9th. We have an in-river demo webinar. Uh, there is the B2B online event uh, on July 15th to 16th. And we have another webinar, Future Proof Digital Commerce, at August 12th. You can find these if you go to our website under About Us and Events. And then later this year, we will have the big Pinpoint Digital 2020 event, and that's October 5th through 9th. So check that out now and sign up. Also, when it comes to courses, we have a number of online courses now that you can go in and do yourself. And uh, then you can also sign up for upcoming remote and live online courses that will be held later this fall. So uh, looking forward to engage with you again after the summer vacation and uh, look out for more live stream recordings of the PIM Talk podcast. See you around. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow Pimtalk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Ah!